Kaya FM podcast. Kaya Talk on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air. Welcome back to My Money and Me. I'm Sumitra Naidu. And right now we're talking to Mahadi Mabela. She is a third generation beekeeper from Lipopo. She started her own business, Native Norsi. It's a local honey brand and it's 100% black owned. This company, it sells raw honey harvested from its own beehives as well as those owned by small farmers. Mahadi Mabela is our businesswoman on the move, on the move this evening. A very good evening to you. Thanks so much for joining me. Good evening. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very interested to hear about how you got into becoming a beekeeper. Well, my father is a beekeeper. Mm. Um, and although I had no intentions of doing what he did or no interest, I always liked and enjoyed honey. So how I got into it was that I just realized that, you know, people were not having the kind of honey that I grew up having and the one that my dad used to bring home from his harvest. And then I offered a few people some honey and then they told the next people and they told the next people and then <laughs> the demand just started growing. Word of mouth is still the best way, hey? I mean, I, I still think that you, you need to be really brave. You know, I'm terrified. I know how important bees are, but I'm terrified. I recently got stung by a bee and it was awful, awful. You know, the pain just took a while to go. I thought I was going to lose my finger. I mean, you've got to be brave to get into this. Look, I never had the opportunity to be scared of bees because I... Because you grew I, up with it. Yeah, like even though I didn't used to go on site with my dad, I didn't have those small cute bees that uh, some kids have and go with their dad. But he was basically doing this while I was growing up. So for, for us, when we looked at our father, this was how he made his income. This was mm-hmm. how... He supported us and, you know, maintained the household um, and took care of his family. So I don't think I I ever had the opportunity to be afraid of bees. Do I like getting stung? No. Is it painful? Yes. But the fear that I have for bees, I guess, is not like the average person uh, mm. fear. In, like, instead, I'm afraid of cockroaches, but I'm not afraid of bees. So... <laughs> So that tells you the kind of you know relationship or the kind of um, of view that I have on the bees. Did your dad also run a business or was he just a beekeeper? How did how did you get into actually building this brand? So my dad has his own company. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, has a company called Limpopo Valley Honey Farms. But he was doing the, the formal part of it was just to trade. He was always doing it as a subsistence farmer. He's mm-hmm. never been a commercial beekeeper, so he just used to make enough honey to just keep the family afloat. It was never to become, you know, rich or take over the world. And then what happened with me was that when I started getting the honey from him to give to friends and family and colleagues and whatever, Mm. the demand started growing. And then he was not able to um, feed my demand anymore. So he introduced me to a network of bee farmers um, from Limpopo who had no access to markets and told them that, look, my daughter is looking for honey and she's going to give you a call. If you've got any, you can give her because she's selling it. And that's how I started then getting uh, honey from those other guys. And then that also ran out. And then he suggested that I get a beehive or two of my own so that I can learn beekeeping and maybe like contribute towards my own supply of the actual honey. And that's how I actually went into beekeeping. So it was more to secure honey supply than to actually become a farmer. Mm. I was just going to ask, I mean, obviously you, uh, you know, you grew up, you know, with your dad being a beekeeper and you picked it up from there. But I mean, what kind 
window for me? Where does one go to actually get some sort of skill, understand, have more education around how to actively take care of bees and harvest honey, all that goes in? I mean, it's another form of farming. Yes. Where does one Um, go to do that? So, funny enough, I did not... So, I, as I told you, um, went into beekeeping to secure honey. Mm. But I was never actively doing it while I was growing up. So, I had a very good idea of, you know, how to take care of bees, what a beehive is is like inside, harvesting and all of that. But because I had never practiced, I felt inferior with regards to my knowledge. And at the time, I was already in Pretoria and my father stays and lives in uh, Polokwane. Mm. In, in Limpopo. So I thought, mm, I'm not so sure if my knowledge that I have of beekeeping is the current industry knowledge or the current practice. So I enrolled myself on a beekeeping course. At the time, it was offered by Mike Miles. He was the South African Bee Industry Organization chairperson at the time. But I think he still hosts uh, beekeeping uh, lessons even up till today. He's in Randburg. And then I went on a course and then I realized actually like my knowledge is not so far off. But then, you know, you can actually go onto the South African Bee Industry Organization website, which is called Sabio, and you can find out from them um, which beekeepers are offering beekeeping courses in your area. Or you can simply Google and, and say beginner beekeeping training. And then we also offer beekeeping masterclasses at uh, Native Mercy once in a while, like once every two months, depending on the on the demand for like a limited amount of people. So that people who are interested in bees or beekeeping or just want to know more about bees um, are able to come in and learn. What is your market like right now? When we started, we had um, we had like the majority of the demographic of our client was the middle-aged white female. Um, and then now when we open the Emporium, I think there's this, this movement of the young black middle class who have been, you know, acquainting themselves with our product. And so we've seen that the, the demographics in terms of the, the household buyers um, is slowly balancing out. Um, and um, otherwise we have the health market, the health stores, um, the speciality stores, the delis, um, the butchers, the flower shops which come and buy our honey so that they can host it at their own speciality stores and um, become part of our stockist where, where our clients can be able to visit them to get a bottle of honey. So interesting, we are you know, on this health tip, so many people are moving into healthy living, healthy eating and honey uh, you know, even though it's been there forever you know, suddenly there seems to be uh, you know, this, uh, this renewed interest almost into looking for healthy initiatives and healthy food and honey comes up very often when you talk about these things. We've got a question, Mahadi, for you from Tsepo from Valtefred and Park. A very good evening to you, Tsepo. Good evening to Mahadi as well and your listeners. Mahadi, I'm a keen uh, gardener and I try and do my garden as organic as possible. And uh, by coincidence, that attracted uh, permanent bees in my house, so I don't bother them. So, but I've been wondering because I don't collect the honey. So, if maybe you can have a program for people that are in my situation, where you come put a, a hive and um, you collect uh, on an exchange program for maybe three to one. So, let's say if you fill uh, three jars and then you leave one with whoever is hosting your bees. Yeah, I can listen on the radio for that. Thank you so much, Sepo Mohadi. That's such an interesting question. I mean, is it? easy to actually do one in your own garden, you know, create a beehive and and harvest some honey. 
It is easy to actually do it, but what's not easy is the municipal bylaws. Ah. So um, if a beehive has naturally, you know, occupied a space in your house, maybe in your ceiling or whatever, the most responsible thing to do is call a beekeeper in your area. And you can either Google or contact Sabio, which will direct you to registered beekeepers or bee removers who can come and remove the swarm for you. If you're staying in an agricultural holding, that's fine. There are no problems. You can actually ask that beekeeper to try transfer the bees from wherever they are in um, your ceiling or wherever in your tree and then place them in a beehive so that, you know, the bees can be managed uh, more properly. If you are staying in a residential area, it depends on your municipal bylaws. um, If they will allow, you actually have to go to the municipality and make an application. They will, in in theory, are supposed to come and do the inspection of where you want to place the bees and then they will advise if you are in a position to do that because there are some restrictions about how far they are from the wall and all of that from living beings and pets and things like that. So it, it, it's quite stringent, but you do get people who go ahead without getting the certain permission by getting permission from their neighbors and um, they, they place beehives. But it's always advisable because bees are dangerous to just ensure that you have the permission to actually host them. I think Tsepo was actually looking to try and do something in his own um, in his own garden. That's the sense that I got. Uh, but that's interesting. So we have to look at the bylaws. What would it be? I mean, is it space? And because you are living, uh, you know, close by to other people, it can become a health hazard of sorts? Yes. So obviously the, gov- the government wants to make sure that um, the beehive is placed responsibly. So there's certain uh, parameters that the beehive needs to be away from boundary walls. So maybe they'll say three meters from any nearby wall. And they'll say all the surrounding neighbors need to give consent. It needs to make sure that there are no pets within a certain range that are able to access the area where the beehive is at. And just those mm-hmm. kind of things that if you are going to harvest, make sure that it's at certain times and that your neighbors are aware. And if it's at night, you know, you have to make sure that all the lights are off because if you harvest and your neighbor's lights are on, all the bees are going to rush into the house and sting whoever is there. So all those kind of guidelines are going to be observed before they can give you permission to host the beehive uh, on your property. Yeah. And obviously you have to be uh, registered with the South African Bee Industry Organization or the Department of um, Agriculture. Okay, so I hope that answered your questions, uh, Tsepo. Thank you so much for giving us that call. So Makhari, tell me about what you have. So you have the beehives. Obviously, you know, you have more space. How big is your uh, setup? So I don't have a farm. I depend on other farmers, crop farmers and just farmers who have access to lots and lots of So you're not producing any of it on your own? Not on my own farm. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it under my company, obviously with the people I work with, but it's not on our own land. We don't have land. So we depend on hosts. So if you have a farm and maybe it's in an area where it's got enough bees, uh, it's got enough food for our bees, you let me come place my beehives uh, on your farm. And then we have some sort of agreement. Some people, they don't want anything in return. They just know the importance of bees in the environment. Others want some honey, you know, just a bit of honey with every harvest we make. But it's nothing quite hectic. And then that's how we actually are able to continue to operate without a farm. Give us a sense of the supply and demand in the market. I mean, you 
you know, when we, when we first started chatting, you said that, you know, there was obviously a need and, you, and your dad couldn't actually service that need anymore. You needed to go out and, and source from other uh, farmers. Is there enough? I mean, we also know that, you know, bees are really important, but we are running low on bees, that there is going to be a problem. Take us through what the, you know, what's the situation looking like in terms of um, how many bees there are and, you know, uh, in terms of what's our supply looking like? Is there a problem here? So there is a problem. So I'll answer your question in two ways. The first mm. one is that we have a problem called um, bee population decline. It's a yes. global problem and a lot of things are contributing to that. Um, urbanization, deforest, deforestation, I think that's how you say it. When people cut off natural habitat where the bees yeah. would normally stay to develop it, there's climate change, there's people who are not educated enough so when they find a bee swarm, they'll kill it or they'll burn it or they'll poison it or doom it or whatever. So all those factors um, make it difficult for the bees to thrive. And then obviously then there's um, uh, environmental changes, you know, if there is a lot of heat or it's too cold and the indigenous uh, uh, vegetation is not growing the same way as it should mm-hmm. or maybe the, the crop farmers are not able to yield the amount that they normally yield and then it affects obviously the supply um, of nectar and pollen for the bees. So those are the problems that are there globally and then obviously depending on each region, uh, some factors may be, you know, more prevalent than others. And then the second part is that because of all those problems, we are not making um, enough honey, also inclusive of the fact that a lot of people are not practicing beekeeping. So in South Africa, for example, we import more honey than we actually make. If you go to any retail market um, and grab a random bottle of honey and you look at the back, you have more than five countries that are on one bottle of honey to they made from China and or Zambia and or New Zealand and mm-hmm. or Brazil, you know, and that tells you that the honey that we are consuming is not even honey that's made from South Africa. And another mm-hmm. thing is that making honey uh, making genuine honey is very expensive because you have to move, you know, your bees around so that they have food throughout the year. You know, it, 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 there's a lot of labor, there's a lot of fuel cost involved. And so the actual honey that you're going to be able to make at the end of the day is going to be more expensive than the imported honey. And so people will opt to buy you know, the the honey that's imported rather than the honey that's South African made. But if you want to actually benefit from honey, you must buy local honey because the imported honey goes through a process called irradiation and ends up with little or no nutritional value and you are as good as having syrup or, or, or sugar. So there is no point of you wanting to, you know, consume something if you're not going to benefit from that product. That is, you know, it's uh, interesting that you brought that up. We often see the sun- in um, in the shops when we look at the products. Um, take us through, well, what is it called? Irradiated. Irradiated it usually has a label on it. How do we actually spot, um, apart from looking at the back and seeing where it's made, how do we actually see how the honey is made and whether it's actually gone through this refining process? The Department of Agriculture has uh, certain guidelines on how you need to label your honey. So if you are a a honey bottler or packager or manufacturer, you need to um, comply to certain standards. So one of those standards is it, you need to declare whether it's irradiated or if it's raw and then you also need to disclose 
the countries of origin. And then that's how if the manufacturer is compliant, you are able to see the source of the product. Now, to protect the South African citizens, the government at the point of entry is supposed to ensure that all the honey that comes in from outside the borders of South Africa undergoes a process called irradiation. The intention of this is to protect the South African citizens from inheriting any inborn diseases or pathogens that may be in the honey and may not be very good for the South African consumers to consume. What that process also does, it's like antibiotics. When you drink antibiotics, it kills all the good and the bad. That's how. That's why you have to then have probiotics mm. so that you can be able to replace the good stuff that was lost. It's the same with um, irradiation. Although the intention is good, it ends up killing everything that's in the honey. Um, and then you end up with like just a syrup with no nutritional value. What is um, the point then, right? So what is mm. the point? That is why you want to um, consume local honey because local honey does not need to undergo irradiation. And then it has all the nutritional benefits that you are going to uh, get um, when you want to consume honey because people who want to consume honey want to benefit from all of those uh, goodies that honey has. And another thing, just um, as a side note, honey is best consumed local because the bees feed on the pollen that gives you hay fever and sinuses and things. So when you drink the honey from your local area, it sort of acts like an antibody that is going to strengthen you to be able to fight, you know, all the pathogens and everything, the pollen that's flying in the air that actually makes you sneeze and cough and do all sorts of things when it's change of season. And you don't get that from honey that is not from your local region. So that again is another reason why you might want to consider having raw local honey over imported honey. That is such useful information. Look, I think we need to read our labels more. We need to be more informed about what we are consuming and we need to support local. Mukhari, very quickly before I let you go, where do we find your products? Where do we find Native Nosi? We have a honey emporium that is in Greenland Village in Menlo Park, Pretoria. They can just Google Native Nosi and they will see our address and all our details. We also are on our website have an online store which delivers nationwide and we are also on all socials. So Native Nosi on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook and obviously when you Google us you'll have our email address which is info at nativenosi.co.za as well as uh, nativenosi.co.za uh, for our website. Fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. I think we now are a lot more educated on honey and what we are consuming. Mukhadi, thank you so much for your time this evening. Mukhadi Mabela is a third generation beekeeper. She is the founder of Native Norsi. And of course, as she said, you can find her in Menland and you can find her on the website and you can order online as well. Let's support our local farmers. Kaya Talk on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air. Kaya FM Podcast. Go to kayafm.co.za for more.